With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. It is going to be a packed show today. Uh, we have a lot of really awesome stuff to talk about for Kansas fans. Uh, you know, obviously the big news over the weekend was that uh, Kansas beat Texas in football, and I promise we are going to talk about that. I do have your guys' reactions. I have a lot of stuff to talk about there. Um, Mike will be joining me. That's not going to be until the second segment, though, because... We also did have last week the beginning of basketball season and Champions Classic. I had said in the preview to that Texas game that we were going to go ahead and talk about this today. We're going to save it for today because, to be honest, I thought I'd have more time to fill. But to, to, to come back and help me talk about what happened and kind of look ahead a little bit, returning as he usually does, Steve Fetch, our basketball editor over at Rock Chalk Talk. Fetch, how are you doing today? Hey, good. Yeah, I got to put our uh, best foot forward and talk about basketball first, right? Right, right, exactly. I mean, it's not like anything super awesome happened on the football field. So, um, but no, no. I mean, you know, this is this is really weird because this is this was already going to be a packed a packed week for me. I have a really awesome interview that we had gotten lined up uh, for the for the podcast that originally was going to potentially be you know the end of this episode, and now instead it's going to be its own standalone episode because of just how great that interview went. Um, you know, I, I actually will go ahead and spoil the surprise now because it's not really a surprise anymore. Tony Sands uh, actually came and interviewed. You know, I, I had a nice discussion with him. That is going to be an episode that's going to drop on Wednesday morning. So make sure you listen to this one, but then come back a little bit earlier than you usually get because we're going to have a three episode week with a fantastic interview right in the middle of the week. He's got a lot of stuff going on that you're going to want to hear about. But Fetch, obviously basketball, you know, was was the beginning of this week, the big story of the week. Um, Kansas in the Champions Classic completely dominated, I think, Michigan State in that opening game, winning 87-74. What what was the biggest, I guess, what was the the most surprising thing for you from that game? Yeah, I I think, um, you know, a a few things, I guess. One, I talked a lot about, uh, or other people, I guess, mostly talked a lot about Michigan State's uh, size advantage. Then you look at last year's team and, you know, kind of their inability to, to beat guys and, and get into the lane and, and then score at the rim and stuff like that. And uh, Kansas was not only able to get into the lane, not, not just via the pass, but just by, you know, simple dribbling past their guy. Um, and then they also were like 19 of 26 at the rim. And it probably was even a, a little bit better than that, to be honest with you, because of the way some of those uh, shots are coded and stuff like that. But um, in any event, a really good start in terms of both getting uh, easy looks and then converting them. So if that can continue, you know, last year's offense was, um, if I remember correctly, the worst in terms of, you know, Ken Palm rating um, under Bill Self. And uh, that that's going to get fixed if they can if they can get to and score at the rim uh, at will. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the reason for that is the thing that was the biggest surprise to me was just how fast paced this game was. You know, I'm, I'm looking on Ken Palm and there was it was a 77 possession game, which is really fast. Um, you know, there's Kansas doesn't normally 
play that fast unless we're, you know, seeing them getting up and down the floor on fast breaks. And I think that was kind of the big story. You know, Kansas only had eight steals in this game. Um, but, you know, so so you wouldn't necessarily think that that was going to turn into a lot. But but Michigan State did turn the ball over 16 times. So there was a lot of really good defense that Kansas played. Probably some unforced errors on Michigan State's part. But but uh, Kansas had a lot of opportunities to get out and run and do a lot of things that they wanted to do. And they got a lot of players on the floor. Um, you know, I, I think the kind of second most surprising thing for me might have actually been before the game even started with, you know, the, the, the news coming out that Cam Martin was going to redshirt for this year, which... I think makes sense, especially when you see how much Mitch Lightfoot played here, you know, in this particular game. Um, but Kansas is stocked with so many options that I'm not really surprised, you know, that, that one of the guys that we thought could potentially contribute this year was going to was going to have to redshirt so that they so he'll be available for next year. Um, what was there any particular player, though, that you were just shocked by the way that they actually played in this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about surprise. Well, I guess, you know, one maybe um, surprise a little bit, I guess, Bobby Pettiford, you know, only had 11 minutes, but again, uh, almost twice as many minutes as Joe Yesifu. And I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that Yesifu was going to be a, uh, a guy to watch in terms of maybe even sneaking his way into the starting lineup as the season went along. But uh, it's clear that Pettiford is ahead of him now. And we'll talk about this if we talk about the uh, the Tarleton State game as well. But I was I was really impressed with the way he played um, you know, just two assists, but no turnovers, um, you know, took his shots when they were there, uh, kind of has that, like, um, kind of like a little bit of a Dewan Harris esque takes care of the ball well and stuff like that. But I think is more of a threat to score as well. And, uh, I also thought his defense was pretty good too. Um, especially for a freshman kind of knows where he needs to be on the floor and stuff like that. Uh, didn't really notice any major lapses in terms of on ball defense. So, um, if he can keep that up, you know, we, we obviously coming into the season, you know, the, the recruiting people were talking about him as a guy down the road who could be a really good contributor, but uh, starting to see that maybe he can do that starting this year. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly surprised by how well he played, you know, he, he, he was a guy, that a lot of people talked up, um, but Bill self has a, you know, a, a big history of not necessarily playing very many freshmen or at least not giving them really strong roles. Um, you know, unless they're just, five-star guys that are immediately going to come in like the, the, you know, they have to have a lot of expectations, I think, coming in for you to typically see that happen or a guy has to get injured and open up a spot. And that hasn't happened for either of this, you know, Pettiford cracked in the rotation pretty early in this game, uh, played really well. And I think what you pointed to his, his defense, I think is a lot further along than most people were expecting at this point. And I really do think that that's why he's been able to get the minutes that he has over Yesufu. He seems to be a better defender, a more active defender. And so I'm definitely interested to kind of see how that plays out. Um, it is a little weird that, that Yesufu, you know, the sophomore transfer is the guy that is kind of the odd man out because for quite a while, it looked like he might've had to be the main point guard that we had this year, you know, before Remy Martin came in and before we realized just how good of a, of an asset Dewan Harris was going to be, you know, on both sides of the floor, honestly, like you can talk about Dewan Harris, not getting a ton of points because he hasn't in either of the games, but I do think it's it's a lot. It's very very similar, I think, to what Marcus Garrett was doing last year, where you know he wasn't necessarily scoring a bunch, but he was facilitating. He was doing a lot to help keep things moving. And I mean, it seems pretty clear to me that Dewan Harris is the main point guard for this team, uh, which really allows Ochai to do what he wants to do off ball, allows Remy when he gets in to not have to do all of the point guard duties and allow him to kind of open up his own shot a little bit more. Um, you know, so like. I mean, are, are are you surprised by the way that that has all gone so far this year, or is it still kind of early and we're you know going to see if those actually those, those trends actually continue? Yeah, I think I think probably still early. I mean, I think as as Remy Martin grows into the offense and stuff, you're going to see him taking the ball more and more and more. Um, I think also, you know, again, this is kind of blending into the uh, the Tarleton State um, analysis here, but uh, Dwan Harris really does not look to score enough. So, I mean, guys really just, you don't have to play him and it leads to a lot of, um, you know, a lot of four on five type stuff and, and credit him for his, you know, assist to turnover numbers so far, uh, given, you know, the fact that uh, teams can really, really sag off him and stuff like that, um, which I guess, you know, leads to, you know, you're able to get into the lane a little bit easier because you have a little bit of a runway, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you'd rather have a guy who's maybe a little bit more uh, of a threat to score out there. And and the team had been talking up his three-point shooting ability. So it would be nice if he would shoot a little bit more and show that shooting ability. But um, I think, you know, Remy Martin's so good. He was a preseason Big 12 player of the year for a reason. 
Um, he's shown that he can both be a scorer and a distributor in the past. So um, I think Kansas is going to go as far as he is willing to take him this year. So once he, you know, blends into the offense and once he gets a, a grasp of the offense, I think they're going to see them uh, solely turn the keys over to him. Yeah, I mean, for now, Dewan Harris running the point. I think the one thing that it's done, and he needs to embrace that more if Martin doesn't actually take over the point guard duties, is getting quick passes, swinging the ball from side to side a lot quicker. You know, he's been able to do that, which has really helped them to find, even though they are quite often playing four on five with Dewan Harris not really looking for a shot. The way the way that he's been able to pass and the reason I think his assist numbers are as good as they are is because he's gotten really good at getting the ball and immediately knowing where to go on the other side to help create those mismatches, to help get them in, a, in an advantageous situation so a guy like Ochai can get a good shot. That's going to have to continue. I do feel, though, like kind of what you're saying, unless a guy like Remy Martin steps up and takes on more of those duties and is able to kind of, you know, and Dewan Harris really does need to shoot more because as soon as teams really understand the way that he's doing that, it's not going to be nearly as easy, uh, you know, and, and as they get into the meat of that Big 12 schedule, it's going to be really difficult, I think, for him to continue excelling in the way that he's doing it right now. He's going to have to change his game up a little bit. So obviously the MVP of the entire, you know, I'm sorry, of, of, of both of these games so far was Ochai Abaji. You know, he scored 29 points against Michigan State, which, which is a career high. Absolutely phenomenal. He scored another 25 against Tarleton State. Um, I mean, anything anything that you feel that we need to say about Ochai Baji? I mean, this is kind of what we were expecting from him, right? Yeah, well, I think, you know, last year, um, I, I mentioned this as well, but it, it certainly holds true this year, too, that he might be the first player uh, in the history of basketball to have all these, you know, oh, he changed his shot for him, and it looks smoother, and I expect a, an increase in percentage and all that stuff, you know, all those articles. Uh, first, first person maybe that's actually been true about, because he's, you know, 37 per- 37, excuse me, percent from three last year and, you know, six of 13 so far this year. So certainly he's figured something out. Um, you know, he's attacking the rim better. His handles look better than they ever have. Um, still not much of a passer, which I don't think he's ever going to be. And, and I frankly don't think he really needs to be on this team. Um, I'm not worried about that at all. Just, you know, catch and shoot or pump fake and, and drive and dunk on someone. Um, but still playing his good defense. Um, you know, big 12 player of the week for a reason. And, and if he keeps it up, you know, he's certainly going to be in running for big 12 player of the year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, the way that he's going, if he can keep this up, he'll be in the running for national player of the year as well. Um, but I do want to ask though, it hasn't been all, you know, fantastic for, for the Jayhawks. Yes. They had a really great team effort. Um, but you know, I I'm a little worried and, and maybe you can talk me off the ledge a little bit, but worried about David McCormick and his production so far this year. You know, it was it was kind of funny because at Big 12 Media Day, he had talked about how he is the best shooter on the team. Uh, him and Ochai were kind of arguing about that um, at the breakout sessions. And, you know, obviously it was all in good fun, but I think it's pretty, pretty obvious right now who the better shooter is. Um, <laughs> just looking at their percentages, I don't know if it's that McCormick's in a little bit of a funk right now um, or if the offense really just isn't coming his way. But are, are, are you worried about where David McCormick's at? Or is it one of those situations where this is a really small sample size? Like, I, I guess I, I've tried to break down the tape a little bit and, and I don't know how, you know, how much better it's going to get unless he makes big changes to what he's doing, but maybe I'm just reading too much into it. What are you? Yeah, thoughts? I think, yeah, well, to, to start, I think maybe um, the defensive side of the ball is, is maybe even a bigger problem. Um, you know, obviously Tarleton state wasn't ever going to do much, but you know, Michigan state shot um, over 50% from two uh, against them. And that's kind of a, a big, um, you know, a big mark. And uh, you know, they gave up, you know, over nine point uh, over 90 points per hundred possessions to Tarleton state too. So that, wasn't a great effort either. And obviously with him being the starting center, a lot is on him as far as pick and roll coverages and rim protection and stuff. Um, offensively. Yeah. I mean, we remember last year he started off super slow and then uh, was really good uh, in conference play, like legitimately first team, all big 12 type good. So um, might just be a little too early, um, you know, might just be, you know, one thing that uh, certainly needs to change is he needs to pass out of those double teams more. Um, last year, he actually had a, a pretty good assist rate for a big man. Um, this year he has a grand total of zero assists on the team. So or on the season. So that certainly needs to improve. And I think, you know, for, for all sorts of reasons, you know, it's obviously going to help him um, and his individual numbers because he's not going to be throwing up these awful shots and not turning the ball over. But, you know, if, if guys, uh, you know, are helping off so hard and stuff and, and he passes out, I mean, those are free baskets and that's really going to help the offense take a, 
um, take another step forward. So that's kind of the big thing for me. Um, and especially when it comes to those like running hooks in the lane and stuff like that, those are the ones he kind of needs to knock off. But, um, I think he'll do that. I think, you know, it's, it's probably one of those things where Bill self's telling them to force the issue and stuff like that early. And, um, if he can, if he can be even close to what he was last year during big 12 play, um, there's definitely still a, a good season in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things that you don't necessarily need to be super concerned about yet, but looking at the fact that, you know, now that Cam Martin is red shirting, David McCormick is basically the guy inside because Zach Clements is, you know, six ten could play inside, but he, he, he's a freshman that, that seems to be a little bit of a three point sharpshooter right now. You know, he is two or three on the season for what he's done. And he's, I mean, he, he hasn't played very much. So I, I expect them actually, he's, he's only played five minutes and he already has three or two threes on the year. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see if Clemens actually gets a role, but when your one backup is Mitch Lightfoot, look, I love Mitch. I love a lot of the stuff that he does, the energy that he brings. I actually kind of see him as the energy guy for this team, kind of, you know, similar to what Kevin Young did, despite what, what Bill Self said at Big 12 Media Days. And so, like, having him on the court, I definitely think is valuable, but he gives up a lot of side. He does not play nearly as big as David McCormick does, and when McCormick's not playing big, that means that you're you're not playing very big at all throughout the course of the entire game. Michigan State was able to take advantage of that at times, um, but they were inconsistent enough that it didn't really come back to bite Kansas too much. But I have to think that as they get into the meat of the schedule, unless McCormick can settle down and really get to the point where he is just dominating people in the middle of the season or like like he did in the middle of the season last year, this could be a big problem for Kansas because they don't really have much in the way of options down low. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that, that leads back to my... Uh, a big point during the preview is, you know, Jalen Wilson starting center. Uh, when he comes back, that's a, a pretty obvious spot. Just plug him in and let's go. Yeah, I, I don't know that uh, Bill Self would like that idea very much, but I do definitely take that point very well that Jalen Wilson will probably play down low quite a bit more. Um, you know, I, I even think that Jalen Wilson and Mitchell Lightfoot kind of rotating together down low and being like two, you know, uber power forwards is a decent possibility to try to replicate some of that when Wilson comes back. I actually kind of, I don't know why, probably because he hasn't played. Um, for some reason, I forgot for a second that we were getting Jalen Wilson back soon, and he's going to shake up probably the lineups a little bit. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to when he gets back. Um, you know, we still have another game in between now and then. Jalen Wilson will be back right in time for that for that Thanksgiving tournament that we have going on here. So, um, but Fetch, any other thoughts from this game? Anything that we really need to dive into? Well, I just think, you know, maybe, uh, you know, just quickly, I think you're going to see maybe a pattern um, if Phil Self's willing to, to go into his bench and stuff like that, um, where first half is, is kind of back and forth, that sort of thing. I, I can't remember what the halftime lead was, but it was a, a handful. And then obviously Michigan State pulled closer, but over time, Kansas's depth just kind of enabled them to to pull away. And obviously, you know, they had a, a talent advantage at the top as well, but um, I think this is a, a good point in favor of maybe expanding that rotation a little bit more than you think Bill Self otherwise might. Yeah, I mean, Kansas has so many options that it's not even funny. You know, they're going to have a lot of opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I I definitely, definitely am looking forward to everything that's going to happen uh, for the rest of this year. This is going to be a phenomenal team. They already showed why. We had some phenomenal games over the last weekend as well. Basketball-wise, um, I wasn't that impressed with the way that Texas played against Gonzaga, and maybe that's Gonzaga, or maybe that's Texas. Um, you know, may not quite be ready for some of the big matchups that they have, and I guess we will find that out as the season goes along. But um, I, I do want to, I well, you know, we, we are going to have that that Thanksgiving tournament coming up. Um, you know, and there's a lot of we are getting into the holiday season where a lot of stuff is going to be happening, um, and we actually, you know, it's it's perfect time to talk about brand new sponsor here on the podcast uh, and that is home field apparel home field apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel that you can find anywhere they have t-shirts sweaters and hoodies it's the perfect time to be go and look at everything that they have um you know because we are getting into that fall weather it's getting cold it's about time for those and it's time for holiday shopping um you know so if you go over to home field apparel you can find uh and, and shop for more than the 100 schools that they have available and they keep adding new schools all the time uh, they, they don't have Kansas yet. That should not stop you from going over there. There are all kinds of absolutely ridiculous, crazy, um, you know, vintage logos that they have from a whole bunch of different schools. I actually ordered a, a while ago 
Um, and I have like five different shirts from five different schools. One of them being uh, the the UD from from University of Delaware, the blue hen there. I had adopted them over on the 1012 for a little bit and, and enjoyed what they have there. I have the BYU shirt. They have a bunch of really, really great shirts. I'm always kind of peeking over there. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that they are looking to add more Power 5 schools, including some Big 12 schools. We already know that TCU is another Big 12 school that's coming. And, you know, I keep pushing. Hopefully we'll find out soon that Kansas is going to be getting a collection there. But once they do, I can guarantee you it's going to be um, really, really bad for my wallet at that point. But head on over to Homefield. If you go over there, to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code CHOCK12. You can get 15% off your first order and all orders over $100 get free shipping. It's absolutely perfect. Either it's for you for the holiday season or, you know, think about gifts for any of the other fans in your life that have other schools. I know I, I know you, Fetch, have uh, some other schools you follow there. And uh, if I do remember correctly, I do believe that they have... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They have North Dakota State. I, I, I'm sorry. I even brought it up. Um, yeah, I was getting ready to hit the buzzer on you. Though. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I went and looked. I was like, I think they've got something great over there, but unfortunately not the one that you want. So hopefully they'll add North Dakota there so, as well soon. But look, there's absolutely fantastic stuff. So I highly recommend that you go and get yourself. Go over to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code CHOCK12. You can get 15% off your entire first order. All right. So th- that's a brand new one here. I'm abs- I'm super excited to have them as a sponsor here, here on the podcast. But uh, we do have some fantastic <laughs> games coming up. Um you know, obviously this week, not not so much because they are playing Stony Brook. That's a game that Kansas should win quite handily on Thursday. Um, but kind of looking ahead, just kind of, you know, what what are you looking for from the Jayhawks in that game? Or I guess we didn't actually explicitly talk about the Tarleton State game. Was, you know, was there anything that you saw in that game that you want to see carry over to this other non-conference or early non-conference matchup? Uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of the same with all these, which is just, uh, you know, win by a lot and also stay healthy. Um, that's that's the big thing is health. And then, uh, you know, I mean, there's obviously maybe um, that Pettiford, Joe Yesifu pointer battle, you know, what they do with with Remy and Dawn Harris, you know, some sort of like positional stuff like that. But, um, yeah, mostly it's it's just, you know, stay healthy and and win and and hope that uh, hope that Stony Brook wins a lot. Uh in the future and, and, you know, gives them a boost for uh, seating purposes. Yeah, I will say I was a little upset with that Tarleton State game because they did not play nearly as well as I was hoping that they would have. Um, you know, I was hoping that the walk-ons and the end of the bench guys would get, you know, a good five to ten minutes each, and that didn't happen because Ochai had to play 35 minutes in that game before, you know, it was comfortable for them to go ahead and, and turn it over to the walk-ons and, and to the end of the bench. So I want them to kind of get out to a much earlier lead, make this game not even in doubt by halftime, hopefully, and we can see large doses of those guys that are going to be vying for playing time at the end of the rotation at the end of the year to, you know, see, get in-game action, find a way for for these guys to really differentiate themselves so that Bill Self actually knows what he's dealing with. All right, Fetch, um, final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, did, did you have, well, one, was there anything else related to KU basketball that you wanted to talk about? And then two, do you have another random sports minute for us this week? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, the, the random sports minute is a continuation of last week's, um, obviously I previewed the semifinals of the, the T20 world cup and, um, or maybe it was the finals. I can't remember. Uh, but any event, um, Australia came out victorious, uh, as I kind of thought they would, um, most notably there was a the guy on our team who ended up winning player of the tournament was a guy who got, uh, kind of unceremoniously caught, um, well, not really caught, but just kind of benched by his, uh, club team in India after playing with them for years and years and years, kind of like a, uh, um, you know, almost like a Tom Brady with the Patriots deal where he just kind of got cast aside. Um, although Tom Brady didn't get benched. So this, we're kind of straining, uh, this analogy, but, but sort of that sort of situation was hate it we don't want you anymore we think you're kind of not good anymore and then uh you know he goes out and wins player of the tournament much like you know tom brady sorry chiefs fans uh goes out and, and wins the super bowl last year so kind of a cool little redemption story and and uh you know good win for australia and all that good stuff and um there's there's still some cricket going on but it, we're kind of a lull now in terms of like big um big event so I'm, I'm gonna have to find another sport probably to grab from for a little bit yeah for sure but uh you know actually you did preview the semifinals here on the podcast and then of course you uh during our, our predictions article for the uh for the for the texas game <laughs> decided to use that as talking about the final so uh we actually did i think get your prediction uh there and it turns out that uh 
you know, it went the way that you were expecting. But yes, I, I, I very rarely get the opportunity to watch cricket, but when I do, I'm always fascinated to actually see it. So I, I took an opportunity to kind of stay up to date with that over the weekend um, and thoroughly enjoyed myself. So I am interested, you're right, to see which uh, sport you're going to go to next because we always have a bunch of them. And of course, coming up at the end of the, or towards the end of the basketball season, we're going to have a bunch of Olympic sports to talk about again. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. So, all right, Fetch, thank you for uh, joining me tonight. That's going to do it for our basketball coverage in this episode, but there is still plenty more for us to talk about. When we come back, I am going to be talking with Mike, um, you know, so, so we can go ahead and talk about the fantastic Texas football uh, win over Texas football. The first time Kansas has won in Austin ever. Um, we will be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt is Bear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan A. Bear, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a it's going to be a great sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between Two Bears. Okay, uh, Evan. Evan's going to go take a nap, um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, Sick'em Bears. And we're back. All right. Uh, so we just got done talking basketball with Fetch. Now the main reason I know you guys are all here because something crazy happened over the weekend. If you don't know what it is, then where the hell have you been? Because Kansas beat Texas in football again, this time down in Austin for the first time ever. Joining me on the podcast now to go over all of that and to enjoy this just as much as I have been for the last few days. Mike Plank, editor-in-chief over at Rock Chalk Talk. Mike, how are you doing today? <laughs> well, Andy, I I don't know why you made this your your prime slot here. You know, you just lost about two thirds of your listening audience, right? All those all those basketball fans out there are, are uh, they're done, man. You know, you know, if what happened this weekend hadn't happened, um, you know, you you and I probably would have been talking for a whole five to ten minutes, kind of just talking about the few things <laughs> that we had to, and then we would have spent forever talking with Fetch about all the basketball stuff. As it was, we. We, you know, got in everything we need to talk to about Michigan State and Tarleton State and all that fun stuff. But this is what everyone is actually here for today. Believe it or not, everybody wants to hear us talk about KU football. So <laughs> let's go ahead, though. Before you hear from us, we did get one voicemail that came in. Um, someone who was thoroughly enjoying themselves. And, and you can hear it in their voice, although it's probably not for the reason you're suspecting. So here they are. Been at home all week with the toddler, newborn. Everybody's got COVID, and I couldn't be happier, baby. Rock chalk. So, as you can tell, he was very, very happy. Um, <laughs> I think that really sums it up for everybody. We honestly could probably just end the podcast there, and everybody would be happy. But there's a lot Done. to talk about. See you next week, Andy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I wish. <laughs> no, there is a there is a lot to talk about. Um, but I had to get that out of the way because let me tell you, that is exactly the reaction that I was having over the weekend. Um, it was a long weekend. There was a lot of stuff going on, but that just set the tone for the entire weekend for me. Obviously, Kansas in a up and down game looked like they were going to run away with it uh, and then let Texas come all the way back, winning 57 to 56 in overtime down in Austin, winning on a two point conversion attempt to a walk on freshman tight end who was so small they had to list him at fullback for anyone to take him seriously. Um, Mike, what was. I don't know. What what was your biggest reaction to the game? Like, what's the one thing that jumps out to you that we just absolutely have to talk about? 
<laughs> How much time you got, Andy? I mean, we've got uh, a while. So, uh, you know, I realize that there's a lot. But, like, I guess really what I'm saying is what's the very first thing that we have to talk about here? Because there is a lot to go over. Um, I don't know. Just I would say I'm going to be real general and maybe coach speaking. Just say the general resilience of the team. Like that game, the momentum shifted several times. And in the past 11 seasons, when that happens, Kansas has generally not reacted well. And so I think all of us, uh, I'm guessing you included, for sure me, and most of us in the game thread on Rock Chalk Talk were just waiting for that other shoe to drop, just waiting for Texas to take that two-touchdown lead, just waiting for the Daniels to throw a pick six or Neil to cough it up or, you know, what whatever crazy bad thing was going to happen, we just, we just all kept waiting for it. And I mean, it just, it just never really did, did it? No, it it never did. I mean, Kansas did not turn the ball over at all in this game, which, you know, I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, whether this was a fluky win or anything like that, but Kansas honestly looked for a large portion of this game, like the better team or the more consistent team. Texas definitely looked like the more talented team and the way that they were able to come on, you know, at the end of the game and really make that big run and get back into it and all of that. Like, yes, you know, you knew that Texas was more talented and that was the way it was, but Kansas looked like the more consistent, the more disciplined team, the the team that actually knew what they were doing. Yes. They got super conservative at the end and it almost cost them the game. Um, yeah. But kind of like what you said, like Kansas jumps out to that early lead. You know, they, they drive down, take seven minutes off the clock, score a touchdown, 13 plays, 75 yards. Like that was the same sort of opening that they had against Oklahoma at home, except they weren't helped by, you know, three defensive penalties to keep that drive going. Right. They just drove straight down right. and did it. Then they recover yeah, a fumble, you know, and, 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 you know, I was looking at that, like you, you immediately had flashbacks to the last time Kansas won because they had six turnovers against Texas that last time, but this game mm-hmm. did not have the same feeling as that one. And, and I know that you talked about this in the semi statistical recap over on rock talk talk, but like this wasn't a game where, you know, Kansas wasn't really doing anything, but Texas kept shooting themselves in the foot, allowing Kansas to stay in it. This was Kansas was actually playing pretty well, was driving, allowed Texas to get back into it, and then, you know, took another big lead and then got too conservative and, and kind of let Texas come all the way back. Like this was a Kansas team showing that they are making strides at this point. And so, you know, getting the two touchdown lead and then Texas comes back and ties it and then you score in the span of, I think it was like, 85 seconds or something like that getting three touchdowns you know being spurred by huge defensive plays and again like the 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 two fumbles in the first half those were forced fumbles like that was not a guy messing up and you know being loose with the football or anything like that like that was Kyron Johnson getting around the edge going completely around a guy in the edge and and knocking the ball out for the first fumble you know and then the second fumble again it was just it was a guy making a big play and that and that Jacoby Bryant pick six again was just an absolutely phenomenal play. And I'm sorry, Kyron Johnson actually forced both of those fumbles and jumped on one yeah, of them. Yeah, so like, yeah, he, and he beat two he beat two different tackles too. Right, exactly. So I mean, he had an absolutely phenomenal game. You know, he was the guy that I thought could potentially be a problem for Texas, and like that was like the one guy that you had to be looking at if he was going to have a good game. Then Kansas was going to have an opportunity, and he had a phenomenal game in this game. Jacoby Bryant showed why. You know, you haven't really heard his name too much this year at all because people have actually been avoiding him. Like, he hasn't put up a ton of stats this year, but when you look at it, it's because people aren't actually throwing his way. You know, I I believe it was, uh, I think it was Parker Fleming, uh, Stats of War over on on Twitter, and and, and I definitely apologize if I have the wrong person who's actually doing this, but was looking at, you know, throws to guys, like looking at, at ratings of guys that were being thrown to, and Jacoby Bryant, at one point in the season when, you know, he was going through all the leaderboards of, you know, the the players that have performed the best, wasn't on any of those lists, not because he wasn't playing well, but because he didn't have enough people throwing at him for him to qualify. <laughs> so, like, it's one of those things where, you know, he had that huge pick six, had a lot of opportunity, and he was on the pro football focus, you know, team of the week. So he had a phenomenal performance. And, and Kansas really, really just took advantage of Texas shooting themselves in the foot. I did not see this coming in this way. I mean, I think I think my score prediction, I, I think I, I actually I'll pull it back up here in just a second. I, I had like twenty seven twenty four Texas. And in the yeah. and in the preview last week, you know, I had again, I had a low scoring game that Kansas was gonna stay in. Um, 
definitely not seeing this coming. I should have known better after what happened in, in 2019, but, but obviously I didn't, <laughs> you know, it is one of those things though. I made a mistake last week. I actually had made a comment about, you know, this is the perfect game for Jalen Daniels to start in because of how well he played the last time they went down to Texas, completely misattributing what, you know, the, the fantastic performance that Carter Stanley had and giving that to Jalen Daniels. Oh. I know. Yeah, I, felt, I didn't even think that. Yeah. I felt so bad about it when I finally realized it. And I made the comment on Twitter. I was like, you know what? Hopefully I didn't just be make a foolish mistake. Instead, I actually, you know, was looking into the future and Jalen Daniels could have a <laughs> phenomenal game. And apparently I, I can see the future, you know. So that's a that's a really nice yeah. skill to have. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm wondering how I'm gonna Yeah, I know. I'm wondering how I'm gonna, you know, take <laughs> advantage of you know what? Actually, I think I know how I could take advantage of it. That would be with one of the sponsors here on the podcast. That would be Symbol. Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge. And apparently, in my case, your sports pre-knowledge. Uh, on Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use that sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Like the Jayhawks did for me. You know, I, I got a nice payout from them with that win against Texas. Join the 8,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams by going to symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code CHALK12 to get yourself a money back guarantee. You heard that right. Money back guarantee means that from now or, you know, use that promo code, deposit up to $500, get started investing. And if after 90 days you've lost money, decide that you're done, you, you don't want to do it anymore, you symbol will return every single penny of your initial deposit at that point. So head on over there, go to symbol.com, use promo code chalk12, and your deposit will have that money back guarantee again, up to $500. Jump over there, use the knowledge you have of your sports team, start investing and profiting off your favorite teams today. All right, Mike. Obviously, Jalen Daniels was the biggest performer, the big story there, coming in the way that he did um, and performing against Texas. What, I mean, what do you think is the biggest reason? Well, let me rephrase, because obviously last year, and, and this is why I was stumping for him at the beginning of the year, I saw that he had a lot of talent last year, but he was behind an absolutely atrocious offensive line. The offensive line this year has gotten steadily better. They played really well for him in this particular game. It wasn't perfect, obviously, but a lot better in this game. How surprised were you by the game that Daniels was able to put up? Was this something that we maybe should have seen coming? Maybe not quite to this degree, but you know, should have seen the ability for him to get in there and have some success? Or was this just completely out of left field for you? I mean, well, I mean, Andy, I, I don't know that I would say I could. Was, anybody could really expect that. Um, it seems pretty clear that coming out of fall camp, you know, the week leading up to the, the home opener against South Dakota, that Jalen Daniels, by all accounts, by by coaches, by comments that you heard, by, um, you know, I don't know, just, you know, even hearsay comments, you know, my brother has a friend on the team type of deal. Like everything you heard was that Jason Bean was QB1 and that it wasn't particularly close and that Miles Kendrick was QB2, and that it wasn't particularly close. So, yeah, I was absolutely surprised by how well he performed in this game. Um, but obviously very happy with it. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it was, it, he, he was, uh, you know, he made, I can only think of one bad throw. I mean, that the just right out of Texas defender who dropped the, the sure INT, but... Uh, I mean, he made all the right decisions. He made all the right read options. He made all the right scrambling decisions. I mean, he he played a nearly perfect game, which I don't. We haven't seen from a Kansas quarterback in a long time. And uh, but I mean, I don't know how anybody could say that they were expecting, you know, well, eight touchdowns and and you know the his stat line to I mean, his stat line wasn't impressive. You know, he had two hundred two yards and three touchdowns, but. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, yeah, he he did exactly what Kansas needed to do, which was not and not that he's a ball control like quarterback, but Kansas's goal coming into this game was to hold the ball and keep the Texas offense on the sideline, and they dominated time possession. They did that um, because Daniels was making the right decisions, and um, I mean, I, there, there's not much else you can say other than he had a great game, and where did that come from? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I never expected it to be this good, but I did expect him to be able to come in and at least have a modicum of success, you know, of an ability to to do some things. And, and really it was a question of how well the offensive line was going to be able to hold up, whether guys were going to catch passes. And, you know, Kwame Lasseter had some phenomenal catches. Um, you had quite all over the place. You had guys making plays everywhere. But, you know, it was one of those things where, like, I I knew that, Based off of what I had seen from him last year, like I'm thinking about that Iowa State game, you know, that they were in until the very end when when everything just fell apart at the very end. Um, you know, and I, actually, I believe Daniels ended up getting hurt in that game, which was like right when stuff fall, started falling apart. But it was one of those things where you could tell that Jalen Daniels had the tools to be a successful quarterback. But that offensive line, you know, like he, the, the biggest knock on him last year was not his athleticism, was not his ability to get out and run, not his ability to do anything. It was the, the decision making, which was not helped by the fact that he literally had a second and a half to make a decision on every single play yeah. because the offensive line yeah. laid everybody through. Like it was one right. of those things where, you know, you expect the decision making for a true freshman quarterback who, you know, turned 18 in the middle of the season to not necessarily be that great when he has to make a split-second decision, something that's hard for even a veteran four-year guy to do. So, like, and, and you're not exaggerating, if I can interrupt real quick, Andy. You're not right. exaggerating. Uh, Daniels and Kendrick were the two most sacked quarterbacks of the Big 12 last year. They were one and two on the on the list of most sacked quarterbacks. Like, right, right. Why terrible last year? Yeah, and so, so I mean, it, it was never one of those things where, like, I always came into it of it wasn't that I didn't think Daniels was going to be successful. And and honestly, the way like the the impression I got from Leipold and the and the staff was wasn't that Jason Bean had better tools, you know, far and away. It was that Jason Bean was further along in terms of grasping what they needed from the offense and being able to put that into practice on the field. And so, you know, when you are a, a coach that preaches consistency, that preaches, you know, that bottom line, making sure that you're not going to have those really bad variants, you know, the wrong direction type of games, it makes sense. You know, a guy like Jalen Daniels, who, who needs some time to make sure, you know, show that he can make those good decisions and do all of that stuff, that he's going to be the third string quarterback. And then, you know, it got to the point where it became pretty clear um, a few weeks ago that really what they had planned on doing for a good portion of the year was to just let Jalen Daniels red shirt, get some, you know, knock off the rust uh, uh, every once in a while in the games that they had there, get through the year, get his four games that he could play in, let him red shirt and then have him set up to be a guy, you know, at the end or that, that could give them four full years of really good quarterback play um, or, you know, three, depending on, on what Bean does. And so it was one of those things where they had a really good plan for the next you know, five years, essentially, including this year to set themselves up at quarterback with a very, very good baseline. Right. Um, you, you know, obviously, if they can recruit over Jalen Daniels and get a better quarterback in here at some point, then they're going to do that. Like it doesn't guarantee Jalen Daniels a spot, but he was good enough that they were making long term plans to have him be the guy that really brought the program forward. And so it made sense to me that they didn't really push, you know, and, and we were talking and I had, I had asked you multiple times kind of facetiously, but also kind of like a, Hey, I'm tired of seeing Bean get, you know, completely blasted at this point. Um, <laughs> whether they, you know, whether it was time to go to a miles Kendrick or a Jalen Daniels. And I definitely agree going to miles Kendrick wasn't, didn't make sense, you know, to go to him as the guy for the rest of the year, the starter. Um, there was always a question about Jalen Daniels, but once it became clear that, you know, the red shirt was in the plan, and, and I mean, that, that was what Jalen Daniels actually even said after the game was, you know, he was asked about the you looking forward to starting next week. I don't think it's actually a given that Jalen Daniels is a starter next week. I think it really yeah, depends yeah. on Jason Bean's health. If he's healthy and ready to go, I, I have a hard time seeing them scrapping the entire plan, you know, for the next four years to, and burning that red shirt for two games when this team isn't there, there's no way this team can be bowl eligible. Yeah, if, if, if this staff thinks that Jalen Daniels is their quarterback of the future, they have to sit him the next two games. He's already played four games this year. If they want to redshirt him, he can't play again this year, right? Right. So if they if they think he's their quarterback of the future, he needs to go ahead and, and take that redshirt. And if you ask me, regardless of Jason Bean's health, these last two games, let's be honest, these last two games don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. There's no difference between going 1-11 and or 2-10 and or 3-9, and really. I mean, yeah, it would be yeah. nice to go three and nine for sure, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of sad. But well, uh, but I mean, the other thing to consider too is Jason Bean still has two years of eligibility left. Like he's a he's a redshirt junior, but everybody gets the COVID waiver, right? So right. he'll be a senior next year and a super senior in two years. They still have two more years of Jason Bean. So if you think Jalen Daniels is the quarterback of the future, you 
have to redshirt him this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's one of those things where you don't burn that redshirt. Now, the only thing, like, if Bean can't go and Kendricks is already out, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can go in to the next game, the next two games with. I believe that the only other quarterback on the roster right now is a walk on. Like, I don't. I no, don't, no, no. Okay. They have uh, they have uh, Conrad Holly, who's a freshman, a true freshman. Oh, okay, um, who's right. a three star kid out of out of uh, Raytech, I believe. And then they have Miles Fallon, who's been. I mean, Fallon he's been is who I was thinking of, and you're right. He's he's been a back. Yeah. He's he he's not a walk on, yeah. but he is not a guy that you would have thought right. would have been. Starting right, and then they oh, and then they also have Ben Easters. I've got about him, the freshman out of Indiana, who is also a three-star recruit. So they do have option, and none of those guys have played yet this year, right? So right. they could play. They could play the final two games, and like Holly and and uh, Easter could still redshirt. So they're they're not losing anything if they go deeper down the depth chart in terms of eligibility. No, and that's true. I mean, and and it's definitely one of those things where, like, you know, I I, I get the feeling though that if Bean can't start because he's just not healthy, that they probably stick with Daniels because that's a huge, it's a huge drop off for, you know, guys that weren't even in the quarterback race, you know, to, to, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Like, yeah, it would be, that's what I would expect. I would expect Daniels to play, but if, if Bean can go, even if Bean is like, you know, 75, 80%, I think they play Jason Bean because they want to preserve that eligibility. And I don't know that that's the wrong move. Like I heard a lot of people talking today when I was listening to, to radio and podcasts and, people covering this and it was like even like all the national guys were like you know there's there's no way that you give the the ball back to bean because daniels just came in and had this game and you don't want to waste that momentum it's like you know the the momentum and he talked about it after the game jalen daniels talked about it after the game like they are about building this program for the future and he's going to do everything that the coaches need everyone's bought in to what the coaches are doing and how they're wanting to build this program and so I don't. I don't really think that it's going to matter too much if Daniels doesn't get to build off of this in the game against TCU. Like he is ready to go. He he is completely bought in on what they're trying to do. Like I'm not worried at all that if he doesn't play the last two games that they're he's going to transfer because he wants to go somewhere. They, they've made a pretty strong statement with this that he is he is a guy that they think highly enough of that they want him running the program potentially for the next four years. And so to throw all that away for two games against TCU and West Virginia. Because, you know, you want to keep this momentum going in this big upset win against Texas. I think it's foolish from a long-term play. I think that Lance Leipold and his staff have talked enough with this team that they understand what it is that the team is building here. And I think that the team is going to be completely fine with it. Um, that, that actually is one of the questions that we were asked over on Twitter. Um, I'm actually trying to go ahead and pull who it was that said that because I want to definitely give them credit. We've talked about it a little bit here. Uh, this would have been, yeah, uh, at a underscore Jayhawk, Jayhawk fan, you know, that was his question, whether Jalen Daniels should play the rest of the games or take the red shirt. And I mean, I, I agree there, there were definitely some replies where people were thinking, you know, that you want to, you want the best chance to win your remaining games. I mean, I just, I, I think you and I have kind of talked about it to the ground at this point that, you know, this is about building for the future. You don't, you don't get two meaningless wins this year and lose an entire year of potential program building at the end of Jalen Daniels career um, just because of that. So, all right, uh, let me see. I'm trying to get to one of our, yeah. So uh, from, from at, at uh, old Greg 42, Greg DeVoe with the performance Saturday and the struggles TCU and West Virginia have had this season. Is it fair to be cautiously optimistic for the final two games of the season or should we curb our expectations for those games? Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go first on that one. What are your thoughts? Oh, thanks a lot, Andy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, that's the way the question was worded, right? Uh, that's totally fair. I think both both of those schools have two Big 12 wins. Is that – that sounds right to me. Let me double check here. Uh, uh, I, I know that they're both four and six right now, so they both need to win out okay. in order to make a bowl game. I believe that they both have two Big Twelve. Yeah, they're both but... two and five in conference. Yeah, confirmed. So they're they're what one game better than KU in conference. Um, right, and both of them both of them have been like crazy hot and cold too. Like uh, um, West Virginia beat Iowa State and then lost to, um, gosh, I don't even. They, uh, they have a quite a really weird loss on their I schedule. Mean, I mean, West Virginia. The only teams that West Virginia has beaten this year yeah. were, were TCU and Iowa State. Those are the only Big yeah. 12 teams they've won against. Yeah, but Iowa State, I mean, they're a preseason top 10 team, right? Like, they're still ranked when West Virginia beat them, and then they right. 
lay an egg against Texas Tech. Like, I mean, and then TCU's the same same thing, right? Like they uh, um, they beat Baylor and then get smoked the very next week. And I mean, smoked by Oklahoma State. Um, they couldn't do anything against K State. They couldn't do anything against West Virginia. Like, uh, I mean, TCU. I, I, I'm probably a little more optimistic about the TCU game than I am about the West Virginia game. Uh, but I, you, you know, West Virginia coming in here the week, Thanksgiving weekend, Senior Day. You know, if the weather's nice, it could be a decent crowd. Yeah, I think it's totally fair to be cautiously optimistic. There's, uh, I mean, neither one of these teams is scary. Neither one of them is explosive. Neither one of them has a great defense. Like, there's nothing special about either one of them. And, uh, honestly, they're a lot like Texas, right? Like, there's nothing special about Texas either other than, uh, you know, the big difference is obviously TCU and West Virginia aren't loaded up with five-star recruits, right? So Right, yeah. um, Yeah, man, go go crazy. Like, uh, I don't know that I'd go out predicting a – you know, a two touchdown win or anything like that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, consciously optimistic is more than fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those things where like you look at TCU's win against Baylor, right? I mean, that was them going to a brand new quarterback, um, you know, after Gary Patterson just got fired or, you know, left the program depends on how you want to frame that. Um, you know, like they had a lot to play for. They played up quite a bit. Baylor, you know, had a brain fart essentially in that particular game. And so like, that's one of those, and, and it is a rivalry game like TCU and Baylor. Those are each other's biggest rivals. So like, oh, yeah, they hate each right, exactly. So, so, I mean, you have to, you have to take all of that into account when you're talking about this and trying to project it forward. And look, TCU has looked awful outside of that game against Baylor, you know, for the last five weeks. Uh, and so like, Yes, it is probably a little too much to like, you know, say that man, you expect a Kansas win going down on the road to TCU, but I, I definitely see a pathway for it. I definitely see an opportunity for Kansas to go down there and play really well and either win the game outright or keep it really close and you know get to the point where you can see additional progress from this because you know I, I mean I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Kansas losing the next two games as long as they don't get you know go down to TCU and only have you know, five yards of offense in the first half and then get blown out by 40 points. Like if something like that happens again, then you got to wonder what the heck is going on. You know, barring something like beans, not ready to go. They decide to read to red shirt and, you know, Fallon and, and the rest of the quarterbacks that are on the roster just never get it going. Like if something like that happens, then you take your lumps and you have to deal with that um, because of the plan for the future. But, you know, if bean is the starter or if they decide not to, you know, to go ahead and keep the red shirt pulled for Jalen Daniels and have him be the starter. And then Kansas lays an egg, then you really have to be worried. But I don't see that happening. This team is fired up. They do have good playmakers. They are getting more and more consistent. And TCU is the perfect type of team for them to go in and have an opportunity to actually have a good game. And if, you know, if not going out and actually getting another road win all of a sudden, but at least keeping it competitive and giving us a good reason to feel good going into the season finale against West Virginia, you know, and going into the offseason there. So, yeah, I, I agree. You definitely can be cautiously optimistic. Um you know, don't be super surprised if something happens and they don't win, but, uh, you know, or, or they're honestly, even if it's mildly uncompetitive, I think there's a possibility of a big, you know, of a, of a hangover from this huge win that they have. But I get the feeling the way that Lance Leipold talks about this team, the way that these guys talk about this team and the message that comes across in the locker room from everything I've heard, you know, they're not gonna have those huge swings from week to week in terms of the way that they're approaching it, the way that they're preparing for it. We might see something weird on the field, but I'm not expecting it to be, you know, Kansas coming out super flat in this next game because, you know, they're they're too amped up from what happened to Texas. So, yeah. Yeah. And look, as we move ahead, you know, it's important to to be thinking ahead because not only do we have these two other games coming up against TCU and West Virginia, but uh, the holiday season is coming up and with how fantastic this has been, um, how fantastic the tailgating scene is and how fantastic, you know, it is to celebrate the Jayhawks. What better way to celebrate than to get some great Kansas Jayhawk gear from sponsor here on the podcast. That is Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks is where you can get high-quality metal home goods for the college super fan in your life, whether that's you or someone else. Find collegiate-branded grill grates, griddles, or any number of home decor items. Absolutely fantastic for celebrating this win, including flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters, and can coolers, and more. All of these are in actual school colors, not just the, ooh, it's really close, you know, it's... It's blue, at least, uh, colors that those other manufacturers use. So, you know, you actually get KU blue. Um, 
I have the Kansas desk plaque, you know, the, the Jayhawk head word Kansas next to it. I'm um, looking at picking up there. They're doing all kinds of great stuff over there. They might even have some new KU Jayhawk merch dropping, uh, potentially some coasters and some some other uh, cups and stuff like that and some some new designs that I'm looking forward to. See what we can get. But uh, head on over to gridironmetal.com. Use promo code CHOCK12. You can get 15% off your entire first order. Everything over there at Gridiron Metal is high quality, made in the USA, and they continue to add new products all the time, not, for, you know, not only for the Jayhawks, but for every other school that's out there. So if you have someone in your life looking for that gift that you know they don't have it'd be perfect for them whether they're a KU fan or a fan of a different school go over there to Gridiron Metal I guarantee they're going to have something that they're going to absolutely love that they don't have yet so use promo code CHOCK12 get 15% off your entire first order and right now everything over there on this website gets free shipping if you've got a grill that they don't have out there you know one of the specific ones they already have listed they actually give you directions on how to measure your grill so you can get a custom cut grill grate for the grill that you have if you're like me and are shopping for a new grill make sure you look at the dimensions you can order one of these have it ready to go when you get your grill get it set up it's going to be absolutely fantastic i promise you're going to love it so again last time head over to gridiron metal use promo code chalk 12 and get 15 percent off that entire first order all right um anything else that kind of jumps out to you from this game that you want to talk about or talking about moving forward you know we didn't i didn't actually mention who it was that actually had caught that game-winning two-point conversion but uh wait a minute it's not showing me for some reason i had his name pulled up and of course i thought hey i can get back to it just fine no big problem i do know that he's from uh plainville kansas he is a walk-on tight end you know know, andy a real a real kansas football fan would know that it's jared casey it would just go ahead and commit that there we go I, you know what? That's the memory now. You know what the worst part is? I've tweeted about it three times today, and I ran <laughs> through so many other like facts and figures from this, and was pulling everything up that I just I completely blanked on it. And you know, it's a little understandable given who it is, but you're right. I mean, it's one of those things too. He's got one of the most generic names you could possibly have, like so. It's not like one that completely stands out, but he is a guy that's going to be the answer to a trivia question forever now. At this point, oh, so, absolutely, yeah. So yes. All you Jayhawk fans, if you do not already have Jared Casey's name committed to memory, you, it is going to come up in terms of trivia. You know, the Rock Chalk Sports Talk trivia that they're going to have, they were talking about doing a football one. I can guarantee you that that is going to be a question that's going to come up at some point this next year, assuming that they actually do it. So commit it to memory now. Um, any other standout performers that you wanted to highlight before we get out here for the night, Mike? I mean, I think we said on all the big ones, right? Uh, we haven't talked about Devin Neal, though. He had a huge game. What do you have, four touchdowns, three rushing and one receiving? Yeah, yeah, he did. You know, I knew we were going to forget somebody because there were so many great players, and I honestly can't believe we have not talked about Devin Neal yet at this point. So that was that was uh, a phenomenal performance from him. He was running through all the holes, you know. And, and again, I was talking with uh, Gerald Goodridge over at uh, the Longhorn Republic, you know, in the preview, and he was the guy that he was scared of. You know, they were talking about how – you know, at least Kansas doesn't have Puka, but Devin Williams is or definitely Devin Neal is a much, much more complete back, I think, than Puka was. Puka was absolutely great. You know, big speed guy could could turn on a dime. Devin Neal is more of a complete package, and there's a reason he is the highest rated recruit um, in Kansas football history. Um, you know, you saw that. You saw the way that he played. I'm expecting great things from him in the next few years that he's here. And I'm actually feeling like this Kansas offensive line and this Kansas offense is going to be able to take advantage of it. Not, not like, you know, most of the other running backs that we've wasted. Um, you know, another guy whose name usually gets thrown out there, but for whatever reason we haven't mentioned yet, Kenny Logan Jr. You know, he had 11 solo tackles for all of his tackles. He had a pass defended uh, and he probably wasn't, I mean, he wasn't even, I, I honestly, I don't know that I would put him in the top five in terms of defensive guys that stood out in this game. I mean, you know, we had we had uh, O.J. Burrows with an inter- a huge interception to keep Texas from tying the game, you know, with like a minute left. And, yes, the offense didn't do much, but I think if Texas scores there, there's a good chance that Kansas doesn't really do anything in the next drive. And then Texas is looking to win the game with a field goal instead of tying it to go to overtime at that point. Obviously, Jacoby Bryant with his huge pick six, um, you know, and then, and then you have, uh, you know, we already talked about um, Kyron Johnson, uh, I'm just, and then Rich Miller had a huge tackle for loss in that game as well to to, to stop a drive. So you know there is there is a lot of uh, defensive guys that were really really balling out for this team, and 
Kenny Logan kind of being the rock there in the middle that anchored everybody. But, you know, he he accumulated the most stats, but I don't know that he necessarily made any flashy plays. Am, am, am I forgetting about one that he had? I, don't, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. He didn't really have any standout plays, but he did lead the team in tackles. So, I mean, right, was, exactly. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> and I mean, and and you know that that video at the end with Logan and uh, and then uh, Lance Leipold. You know the way that they. You know, the, the 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 talk that they had with the video that's all over Twitter at this point now, like you can tell just how important Kenny Logan is for this team, you know, how much he makes this defense go. I am looking forward to what he's able to do next year. And, th- you know, after that win, I have a hard time. Like normally we're used to every year we get to the end of the season. It's like, which guys are going to transfer? Which guys are we worried about? You know, all of these standout guys. I mean, I think that this per- this particular performance and the way that this team came together, I have a hard time, you know, thinking that any of the main contributors to this team are going to transfer because of how great of a win this was and everything that they put together, they can tell they're building something. It started to pay off. And so I'm, I'm really excited about what's going to happen next year, regardless of what happens in the last two games. So Mike, uh, you know, it may not be as much fun to talk about next week's game, um, but we're going to do it anyway, but anything you want to leave KU fans with at this point, um, whether it's something to keep in mind, you know, in case things don't go as well in the last two weeks or, just something that you want to make sure everybody knows as we celebrate for the rest of this week, this giant win against Texas. Well, I, mean, I don't think I have anything quite that profound, but uh, uh, no, just uh, enjoy the win and, and uh, be happy. And, and hopefully we don't throw it away with a couple of nurse shows in the last two weeks. You know, like the, the big key, which we kind of hit on, but didn't really talk about too much was, uh, you know, if we're going to build on this win, like we need to see it in the next two weeks. Right. Right. Uh, like if we go out and lose fifty five to ten to the next two games, that you know, this game doesn't really mean anything. So um, yeah, just 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 uh, keep the faith, and uh, you know I'm with you. I'm a big fan of Leifold, and and uh, I I like what they're doing, and and uh, I don't know that I'm excited for next year, but I'm definitely excited for you know two and three years from now. Sure, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, who who knows if the big jump forward is going to happen in you know n- next season that a lot of people don't see coming or it's going to be in two years or whatever but i just this game gives me enough hope that the change is coming you have guys that are buying in and you can see you know how the message and the consistency that Leipold is building here can benefit kansas and they're and they're, and they're going to get better you can see the development in these players over the course of this season if you go back and look at the early games compared to this last game that they had you can see that it's not just texas playing a bad game it is Kansas developing fundamentally. Um, and I expect that to continue for years to come. So, all right, Mike, that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you haven't already, please to go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there, just search for rock chalk podcast. Uh, you can subscribe. So you get every episode as soon as it comes out. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have that fantastic interview with Tony Sands coming up that will be dropping tomorrow morning from when this one drops. So make sure you're subscribed. So you get that one as soon as it comes out. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Mike, for helping to get that set up so we could have that here on the podcast. Uh, you guys are going to enjoy the conversation. It was, again, it was absolutely fantastic. But if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, definitely reach out. Let me know. You can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. If you can give us a rating and review, five stars, nice comments, really helps to get the podcast out there so more people are listening. We can do more great things like this. But, uh, you know, if, if you if you can't do that for whatever reason, just let us know what it is we can be do, we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast. You guys get you all the information that you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So uh, we are part of the anchor platform. So, you know, you can leave me a voicemail. I actually did set up a, a voicemail box. So there is a phone number that you can call as well. I don't actually have the number memorized yet at this point. But uh, if you if you head over, out over to Twitter, um, I, I have tweeted that that uh, that number out a few times. You can actually give me a, a phone call leave a voicemail there um, or you can go to anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message and leave a voicemail there as well. I promise it will get on the show. Um, but uh, you know, we are part of the 10, 12 network, have a bunch of great podcasts over there covering all the teams in the big 12, including uh, I'm going to be listening to a lot of them because there's a lot of chaos this weekend. I highly recommend that you do it as well. Um, you know, so you can stay up to date with everything going on in the big 12. Just go to 10, 12, that's T E N one, two network over on Twitter and you can get links to all the great shows we have there. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Make sure you guys go visit our sponsors. We have Homefield, 
uh, Gridiron Metal and Symbol. At all three of those locations, use promo code CHOCK12. You can get fantastic deals with all of those guys there. All of their products are really great. I highly recommend you go check it out. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Phoenix, aka I also hate pit, joined by my brother Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.